Welcome to That's the Ticket, a travel podcast for people with itchy feet. My name is Renat and my name is Vanessa. This podcast is all about practical tips and meaningful conversations. We cover lots of topics, including but not limited to planning and social travel, getting the most out of your trips and communicating, travel tips and more. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. us. Hi again, you're tuned into That's the Ticket. My name is Vanessa, and I'm here with Renat. Hi, everyone. Today, we are going to talk with Sam and Varen about an innovative idea for travel accommodation. Sam and Varen use house-sitting and pet-sitting for their travels. This is actually how they live and work. Yeah. And they are going to tell us all about it. And they're also vegan, and they're going to give us some super helpful vegan travel tips. Mm-hmm. It's unusual for us, but today we're going to jump straight ahead to our conversation with Sam and Viren. So here it is. Sam and Viren, thank you for joining us on That's the Ticket. Please tell us a little bit about yourselves and about your podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, about our podcast, the Alternative Travelers podcast, we talk about uh, responsible travel in and especially focusing on long-term travel through house sitting as well. Mm-hmm. So these kind of two threads intertwine in a lot of ways, but it's, it's everything alternative travel, but those are kind of the main through lines, I would say. Yeah, I think the main idea with using the word alternative is that we're trying to explore travel, not in the consumerist consumption mindset where, oh, I need to go here and I need to try that and I need to do this. We're trying to say, maybe we should think differently uh-huh. or we should try to find alternative ways to think about travel. Yeah, kind of like always finding those alternatives to different things like um, whatever it is. Yeah, finding an alternative way and, and just... And also kind of uh, emphasizing the meaningful travel aspect, both for like the traveler themselves and communities that they visit and the environment. So yeah, just all of these parts that kind of intertwine, you know, you're going to have a more meaningful visit if you're, um, yeah, taking all these things into consideration, we think so. That's kind of the long and short of it, I guess. Yeah. That goes really well with our values and philosophy of traveling. So it's good to have you here. Yeah, it's awesome. We uh, also love to focus on meaningful travel, whatever that means to somebody, but also with the added sort of awareness of who are the people you're visiting? Uh, What is the land that you're going to be on? How do we respect everybody and everything? So... We're really excited to have you. Great, great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think Yeah. I think I think a good way to kind of sum it up is that travel travel doesn't happen in a vacuum and you kind of need to consider all mm-hmm. the factors, especially the human factor. Totally. Yeah, and especially right. now, I guess, even more so than ever, which is like we we started our podcast um kind of like at as the pandemic really hit. <laughs> Which is so like, did we. Really? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Because yeah. like, you know, it seems counterintuitive starting a travel podcast, like when there's like a worldwide travel mm-hmm. ban. But yeah. like what we, we found, and yeah. I don't know if this has been your your experience, but uh, people were really, even though they couldn't travel, were searching for that outlet and um, yes. having an ability to listen. People were like, oh, I feel like I'm traveling virtually <laughs> and stuff like that. And uh, nice. I, I also think it's a good time to – people are more open to reflecting on their travel habits because they're not traveling as much right. at the moment. So they're not like in it. So you can kind of like mm. step back mm-hmm. and – be like, okay, maybe this thing that I was doing is not like the best necessarily in whatever way, or like, how can I get more out of my travel when I do do it? Because yeah, just 
being grateful for the travel people have had or like wanting to like travel more in the future. I know we've just talked to so many people that are just reevaluating their lives in general and having this time and space mm-hmm. to do that and then wanting to be traveling more in the future and yeah, just kind of like learning all these tools while we're all kind of still grounded. Yeah, it's the same for us. Like we started with a few episodes about COVID in relation to travel, mm-hmm. but uh, then we just decided to talk about travel. And I think that people really want to have a break from talking about COVID. And I, I feel that people today want to hear more about other subjects and things that they can at least fantasize about them <laughs> if they can't really yeah, yeah. go on and travel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we've definitely uh, noticed the same thing that you guys have. So that's very cool. <laughs> so can we ask where you are from? Yeah, um, it's kind of a complicated kind of complicated answer I guess um, I don't <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> I feel like a lot of travelers have that uh, maybe <laughs> but uh, so for me I was I was born in New York City um, grew up partially around the city then uh, when I was eight my family moved to Buffalo New York which is like on the opposite side of New York State on the border mm-hmm. of Canada and mm-hmm. um, it's So then I spent like 10 years growing up there and then uh, I moved back to New York City. So yeah, in general, I just say I'm from New York, but that's the longer answer because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of like grew up on both sides of the state. And, and now my, my all my family is back in New York City. So that's kind of like what um, we go back there pretty frequently. And, and Baron, kind of, you have a similar story. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. Before we did the whole full-time travel thing, I had been living in New York City for about 10 years. But originally, I was born in California, but my father's originally mm. from New York City, and our family and just everything kind of comes from New York City, generations upon mm. generations. So even growing up a little bit in California, I would say most of my formative adult years happened on the East Coast in New York City. Mm. But, um, you know, while I was in California, I was kind of the weirdo, my parents were kind of the weirdos because New Yorkers are just, you know, before, you know, pre-Trump, that's what a lot of New Yorkers were kind of like. And they were kind of an anomaly. And now everyone's kind of used to that. Yeah. And my, my dad's also from Queens, yeah. which is where Trump's from. Which is ah. which is funny because so is my dad. And we've connected on this point. Both of our dads are just like weird New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. They're, including Trump, they're all weird. Yeah, all we don't weird. have to talk about Yeah. Him. But like, I'm just saying yeah, that no, this is not. We don't need yeah. to give him any time. <laughs> These kind of behaviors and mannerisms are not alien to us. This is mm-hmm. the stuff we grew up with. And I always grew up. Seeing right. everyone reacting to my father like he's really out there. And then you come back to New York and you live in some place like Queens. And I have friends from Queens and they're like, oh, this is just normal. Wacky dads right. from Queens. Yeah, which is the, it was the same case totally. for me, too. Like, you're like once we came to Buffalo, like my dad was just such an anomaly, like such a weirdo. <laughs> and <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would go to like New York City for the summer. My my grandma was always there. My dad's had a family there. So, yeah, I guess like. Long, that's the long-winded answer, but I think generally our roots are, are in New York City. That's kind of like our frame of reference for most things because most of our adult mm-hmm. lives, I think we both spent there. Um, and that's where we met and everything. Cool. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. And are you traveling these days? And if so, where? Just because of COVID and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's another, like, that's a whole nother long-winded answer. <laughs> I know, we could do a whole episode on it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, because we were house-sitting full-time um, when the pandemic happened, and that kind of, like, just totally threw a wrench in everything because everything skittered mm-hmm. to a halt. So all of our future house-sits um, were canceled. And we kind of had mm-hmm. to, like, it was, like, a couple months of, like, those months march through like mid-may you know when everything was really mm-hmm. up in the air and we were trying to figure out what to do 
And, uh, yeah, it became clear that travel was just not going to be bouncing back. Like I think most people expected it was like, oh, this is just going to be a thing for like a month and then we'll just get back to normal. (laughs) It seems so laughable now. LOL. I know, right? JK. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up, um, deciding to kind of hunker down for a bit and put a a pause on the full-time house sitting. And so we actually ended up uh, in Buffalo, New York. So that's, that's where we currently are. And we're doing, um, local travel and and local house sitting. So we have, and that's what Uh we're um, telling everyone to be doing if they're (laughs) interested in, in house sitting right now, for example. But, um, yeah, just because local travel, is I guess kind of the name of the game these days and um, mm-hmm. so that's what we're doing we're just doing lots of like New York State travel there's just so much to explore in the state so um, mm-hmm. that's really cool and then yeah we'll be in New York City for the holidays um, and mm-hmm. house sitting over the holidays for some people that we have in the past so that's very exciting because we love the cat that we're gonna be watching yeah Yeah. so that's and new york city is lovely at christmas time i have to say it is it's it is Mm, i think the fall and and christmas yeah i think are some of the best times so it'll be interesting how things are different um now uh with all the you know, everything COVID related in place. Like we were, we were in New York city like Mm -hmm. a couple months ago and it's definitely different vibe for sure. But, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. New Yorkers are resilient. I mean, every humans are, humans (laughs) are, humans are resilient. I should say, you know, we are. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like our travel plans at the moment, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So usually you use a house sitting as a way to travel and now you use it just for, a place to live, basically. Yeah, well, I guess in the past, yeah, we used it as a as a place to live because we didn't have any, um, we weren't like, we were like full time with it. Like we didn't have a home base anywhere. We didn't rent an apartment, right. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We were like just bouncing from house sit to house sit. And um, now we are renting a place and we're doing house sits like as a way to, yeah, just explore locally and see, like, go back to uh, New York City and see our friends and family um, in a in a safe way and all that. So, yeah, it's been interesting cool. because we've kind of, like, bounced back and forth between full-time house-sitting and then this kind of, mm-hmm. like, using it as a way to free, you know, place to stay, but as a more uh-huh. not vacation but like um yeah it's just a different way cuz we were um we had done some full time house sitting for a couple of years and then we moved to Madrid Spain and we were like renting a place oh, wow. and we were doing house sitting like on um Baron was teaching at a school and so when he had off then we would go house sitting around like Spain and around Europe or like in the summers we would do it and then we would come back to Madrid and be living there you know and then we, mm-hmm. then we kind of like moved into another phase of like full-time house sitting mm-hmm. again where we just weren't living anywhere. So that's kind of like uh-huh. a truncated version of our house sitting journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool idea. I never heard about this as a, as a way to travel. It's, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I do have like a couple questions about it in terms of, when we're not in a global pandemic. (laughs) I'm just curious, like, how do you find the houses, the pets to take care of? Like, what is your strategy for that, I guess, you know, when you are able to actually globetrot, so to speak? Yeah, so basically, you have an online platform. There are some free ones, there are some paid ones. We strongly advise that you do a paid one because when there's a paywall, it kind of weeds out the less serious candidates because essentially mm-hmm. when you're a house sitter and you're looking for sits, you don't want someone who's doing this as an also. You want someone who's committed as well. They're putting up a mm-hmm. listing. Right. And when you sign up, they're not just, um, you know, what? I'm just doing this unless I find somebody else. So that's the problem with doing mm-hmm. a free site. So we do a paid platform and you pay a monthly, not a monthly, sorry, excuse me, you pay a yearly membership. And then basically mm-hmm. it al- it basically just streamlines the process of helping you meet 
pet owners who are looking for a house sitter and vice versa. In a lot of ways, it works cool. like a dating app. It's about, it's like a, ma- it's a matchmaking tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. They, they don't do anything for you. They just provide you the tools to find each other. You know, if we have a mm-hmm. bad experience on there, it's not the platform's fault unless somehow they lied. But, you know, it, it's between, yeah. it's between, it's a, it's a, you know, and it has like a social media aspect to it too. It's a way for you to just mm-hmm. connect with other people. You can look based on country. You can look based on time frame. There's all these filters mm-hmm. you can apply. And essentially you just try to look for something else somewhere that you want and then hopefully it matches up but that's to kind of oversimplify it we our approach mm-hmm. is that we try to make sure it's a great connection first and foremost and we're very open to where we go we think it uh-huh. uh, we a lot of people get really especially house sitters get really excited about the pro- the possibility of oh a chateau in France or some place in the tropics <laughs> and those are great things to aspire to but there's other house sitters trying to do that too and a lot of times in popular places, a lot of house sitters apply and pet owners are overwhelmed. So there's, mm. there's, a, there's a strategy you can put into place in which we do and we talk at length on our, our blog and website about. But that's more or less the, the house sitter perspective uh, for trying to look for a house sit. And also the people who are going to be, I, I don't know if you would say hiring you, but, you know, allowing you to come into their home and take care of their fur babies, you know, or their feathered babies or whatever they are, their scaled babies. Yeah. I don't know if you just do dogs or cat and cats or what. But um, yeah, ultimately, they really have to trust you. Yeah. It's right. Like, absolutely. Super important. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So what I kind of gave would be what we call like the house sitter perspective. But even though we haven't had a home where we had pets and had people to come uh, take care of. We talk mm-hmm. at length and with all the pet owners we've house sat for, we've also had a, gotten a lot of feedback on our site from the perspective of pet owners who just liked, you know, we kind of market stuff towards house sitters when we talk and promote mm-hmm. things. But um, pet owners also, yeah, they have to kind of take this huge leap of faith is what we call it, you know. If you, sure, right. if you were a person who struggles with trusting someone that maybe you just only had half an hour to vet, maybe house sitting is not for you. But what we always mm-hmm. try to say to, um, how do you say, help encourage people feeling like they can trust someone else, we'll say, we're not the only ones who are having a successful time house sitting. If there were people who trusted mm-hmm. us dozens of times, we've sat for dozens of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's double digits. We're not the only oh, ones. Wow. There's absolutely other people that are out there that are great and who understand that it's an exchange, and which is partly why we think it's it works so well. Because ultimately, while mm. a uh, a pet owner chooses you out of a series of applicants, you're both kind of vulnerable. You know, it's not just the person's pets and homes. You know, if we decide we're going to go halfway around the world to pet sit for somebody, we could be you know in a bad situation if they decide to cancel on us and we're like halfway on the flight, right. you know? So there's... Totally. There's, oh right. my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. we would also advocate for pet owners to, you know, really understand that it is absolutely 100% possible to find uh, house sitters you can trust, but it's a process on both sides and that you got to communicate yeah. and talk with people and really kind of put yourself mm-hmm. out there. But it can be an incredibly rewarding experience for sure for both sides. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, so you used to house it in New York and in Madrid. And did you have any other places where you yeah. uh, did it? Yeah, we've been we've been doing it since, uh, yeah, like early 2016. So we've been fortunate to go to a lot of places and, and like places and spend time in places we never would have been able to afford <laughs> like if we weren't mm-hmm. house sitting cool. um and then we have money to spend on like other things uh in the place which is which is really nice so yeah we we've done kind of like two stints um we have set all over the u.s um a lot mm-hmm. of times in new york city because we go back there try to go back there once or twice a year so uh, a mm-hmm. lot of times there but also we've done a couple of, of repeat house sits in Salt Lake City, Utah, 
Um, so we we know that city nice. That's very actually well. a beautiful area. It is. You know, we that was our first yeah. place that we house sat, and we did it for three months. And everyone from New York was like, "Where are you going?" Like because I think <laughs> New Yorkers and like Californians, like they think the rest of the country doesn't exist. It's just like the coasts. Yep. And so um, <laughs> we really fell in love with Salt Lake. We and we went back there just the, earlier this year for another three month house sit. Um, and it's a really cool place. Very underrated. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. there, Portland, Oregon, um, uh, another one. Portland. Oh yeah. We love Portland too. It's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we'll yeah. always go back there. Um, another one that mm-hmm. oh, people always are like intrigued by is we did, um, a month in the Caribbean in the U S Virgin islands. Um, wow. so that was very cool. It was, that was like a whole experience because it was, off grid solar powered house with like um how many animals were there Baron there was like there was 17 at the time yeah wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was like you know that was a whole nother level most of the times most people have like um a couple a couple cats or like a dog or yeah. one time we we house up for a couple of parrots that was very interesting um nice that was cool but but yeah so those are kind of like a bit in the u.s and then in europe when we were living in madrid because we were already in madrid and madrid is so well connected to like the rest of spain and the rest of europe we were able to kind of like do short weekends in places so we were in like Mm -hmm. valencia spain for a weekend and um yeah madrid we had done some and then other places in other places in Europe, like Italy, Germany. Then one summer we spent in the UK because there's so many. Like there's different places of the world that are uh, more popular with house sitting. Like it's just kind of caught on more. And the UK is um, one of those places. I think a lot of the websites started there, and um, hmm. a lot of a lot of Brits have lo- pets and uh, lots of cats, <laughs> and so they love, but they love to travel also, and it's very easy to travel from the UK to Europe, and so uh, there's yes. just so many house-sitting opportunities in the UK, so that was super cool. Um, we'd love, we'd love to go back there. We, I mean, we would go back to a lot of places. We're, we're very much mm-hmm. about repeat visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, you know, the ones that sound really impressive outright is, you know, in the Caribbean, in Italy, mm-hmm. London, New York City. But our favorite places, while those were fun and great experiences, our favorite places were just lesser known, like Salt Lake City, for example. Mm-hmm. And we had a really great time in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we just, I think, <laughs> I think we're just into more kind of low key places, but it, it really depends. We're very open to wherever. And if we make a connection, with someone and we're excited, they're excited to show us where they live and we're excited to go there, then that can always, you know, for example, we were going to be house sitting in Berkeley, California, but then that got canceled, for example. And that was something that was going to be several months in a neighborhood we could never dream of paying for accommodations, let alone afford, you know? Right. So it can definitely be an avenue for that kind of experience to be like, let me see what it'll be like to live somewhere I can never dream of living. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or or just kind of something that's more low-key and you could actually entertain the idea of living there. Yeah, I mean, like, we focused, like, we focused mainly on, like, urban house-its because that's kind of, like, what mm-hmm. we like. We like to be in an urban environment where we can walk around or bike around, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, but, like, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of house-its that are in the countryside and rural areas and stuff. We just... Uh, that's and that's what some people like but like we don't have a car so that's like one thing like you know Mm -hmm. but yeah so there's a huge variety of houses out there and we really just believe there's a good match for like every house sitter and every pet owner you know you just got to find that match and connect i love that because uh, sort of the idea of not getting caught up on, I would love to go to Paris or <laughs> whatever. I love that because I feel like every place you go, there's something special there. Exactly. And Absolutely. even if you're like in a suburb of LA, like you're still going to find something unique, I think. Yeah, I just really love that that's sort of your perspective, that you're mm-hmm. not getting caught up on... Um, these places that are romanticized and things like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's what we we always try to advocate that too. Um, we, we have a series on our podcast called like Alternative Destinations, but it's like trying to champion these like lesser known places 
because, um, yeah, like you said, there's, there's something to see everywhere. And so often people just really get focused on these, um, places that, you know, like Paris. Oh my gosh. How many times have people asked us, how do they get a house sit in Paris? Like so many times. <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, like, you know, that's great. Yeah. Going to Paris, house sitting in Paris would be amazing. But I also think maybe it's more realistic to just kind of say, Salt Lake City, here we come. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. great. Exactly. And you never know, like, what that's what house sitting um, has offered us as well, apart from like the obvious monetary benefit of not paying for a place to stay. But like, above that, um, Mm -hmm. we have gone to places that we never would have considered going to before. And they were really interesting and cool, like Salt Lake City, for example, Greensboro, for example, so many places. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I think is really, um, What's great about travel is Mm -hmm. experiencing a new place and especially a new place that like you don't have any preconceived notions about. You can just truly enjoy that place for what it is rather than like what you're expecting based on like what you've seen already online, whether it's like social media or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what other like added values do you find in in house sitting? Well, the one thing, despite all this amazing talk about travel, I do want to emphasize, and it's because we, we love pets and house sitting, mm-hmm. it, we like to talk about it as a great way to travel, but it's kind of a non-negotiable prerequisite. You got to love pets. And for us, house sitting <laughs> right. is a way to spend time with animals because we want to, we want to travel and we don't want to have to, we don't want to get a pet and not be able to be responsible for it. And so that's really super important to us that we so important, yeah. For also just for pet owners as well, because a lot of times the the what really attracts uh, people to house sitting is the house sitters because they think about oh where I could travel. But I would also argue that's the same for pet owners. You can start really entertaining where you can travel because you don't have to worry about your pet mm-hmm. when you travel because now you have someone to take care of them. You don't have to worry if someone can get into your house or the door's like locked and they, mis- they misplaced a key or something like that. No, you can, you know, be rest assured on both sides that your pet's taken care of and then you can focus on your travels. But you kind of can't really get. That's a-, a great point. Yeah. You can't really get around the pet part. And we, we love pets. <laughs> so we get to go to experience a place and also come home to a pet. Mm-hmm. And we, to us is, you Aww. know, one of the trade offs of traveling full time when we did it is that you, it, it, it kind of messes with your sense of home and you need to really kind mm-hmm. of spend time enforcing routines and making a place feel like home that isn't your house, more or less. And a pet really kind of adds to that coming home to a dog or a cat or what have you really makes it feel like home. So for us, traveling while staying in these other homes with a pet enhances our experience. But I don't think if we didn't like animals, I don't think it would be the way for us to go. So that's definitely a, a huge yeah. benefit is the whole animal, the whole pet, you know, relationship aspect that we can have while we travel. Yeah. And especially because like we, you know, work online. So we're spending, I mean, we're, we're traveling full time, but like, it's not like we're out there sightseeing every day, you know? Um, so we're still sure. like at home inside working, um, a lot. And so having, having a little animal around is just so nice or like even the days that we do go out and are exploring, then we come back and have that, like Varen said, that homey feel of, of having an animal and it's, it's, it's grounding also, um, to, to mm-hmm. be responsible for, for an animal. Yeah. We just love it. I just, I, um, that's why when I heard your cat meowing earlier before we started recording, I got <laughs> yeah. so excited because, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a definite huge benefit for us. And a lot of the I mean, that's what the other thing is that it's kind of hard to say goodbye a lot of times mm-hmm. because um, oh, especially yeah. like we tend to do long house sits that are like one to three months. So, you know, if you sp- spend three months with um someone's cat or dog you really get attached so um so true i've been a pet sitter so i get it yeah (laughs) a dog walker and a pet sitter yeah yeah so is there any special experience that you had that you want to tell us about oh my god yes of course um in regards to house sitting yeah or to travel or whatever (laughs) well i was just thinking about um 
talking about animals that have warmed their way into our hearts. Our first ever, our first house that was in Salt Lake City was just such a memorable experience in so many ways. Why don't you share, Baron? Are we talking about nimble, nimbly, wimbly? Nimbles. Nimbles. His, His name was Nimbles. And I, he's like one of my favorite cats in the world. He, um, we took him on a road trip through, uh, southern Utah and it oh was, my goodness. yeah, it was incredible. Like the owner and the pet owner was awesome. He was super cool. We actually just house that this, the first house that this was in 2016 and we just house that mm-hmm. for him again, oh. uh, earlier this year. He's great. So we got such a connection with him, which is actually, I should put as an aside. That's another great thing about house sitting. Um, another benefit is just the connections that we've mm-hmm. made with people. Mm-hmm. And um, so many people just love showing off their community and showing us things that we never would have um, discovered before on our own. So cool. that's, I, I, I forgot, I should have mentioned that. But yeah, that's definitely making that connection with, with the pet owners, not just the pets is another nice thing. But um, so this cat, Nimbly, we took him on a road trip. His owner told us, um, because we were there for three months, and he was like, Southern Utah has got the most incredible landscapes in the world. You have to go. Take the cat on a road trip. He loves road (laughs) trips. Um, (laughs) So um, we... We had to like smuggle him out of the condo because he uh, technically they weren't allowed to have pets in the building. Oh, no. Even though like even though like a third of the building had cats, I think. From <laughs> some rescue, some woman would rescue cats and supply them to most of the building. Yeah. I'm laughing because I used to live in Vancouver, British Columbia, and that was the case like everywhere. It's like so hard to find an apartment that will allow pets, and so people sneak them in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this cat had gotten snuck in and we had to sneak him out to go um on a road trip but his owner told us the whole um the whole procedure because he would take his the cat on road trips to like his summer home uh fairly frequently so he had this like system down down pat and uh we had to like put the cat in a cat carrier put a little can of food in the cat carrier so he would like be placated Mm -hmm. and then we would put it in a shopping uh, shopping cart because it was a big condo building and there was like shopping carts so you could like take it from the parking garage in the basement up to your um apartment. Okay. And so we put put the cat in his carrier in a shopping cart and then we put pillows all over so that it just looked like a shopping cart full of pillows. <laughs> 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 and then we took him down to the to the um to the car. And, uh, yeah, we took him on a road trip. Baron, I think you were sitting in the back seat with him. Yeah, he was really relaxed. He just came out. He looked around for a second. We also had a portable litter box that he promptly went in and barfed into and then went to sleep on my lap. So he was pretty, he was used to it. Yeah, he was. That's so funny. He was great. And he had like two teeth. So he just looked like a little vampire. He was so soft. (laughs) He had, he had so much attitude. Um, so yeah, uh, I was, I was actually, I mean, speaking of like, you know, missing animals, he was like, I would always miss that cat so much. And I would always be like, oh, we'll house it for him again. So, um, I'll look forward to seeing him again. And then when the pet owner, um, invited us back this year, but the cat had passed away. And so I was really sad. I know. So his memory lives on in these stories. (laughs) For sure. Aw, Nimbles. That was his name? Nimbles. Yeah, yeah. Cute. (laughs) So did you, did you think of, of like what to answer in case uh, some noisy neighbor asks, what are all these pillows? Did you, (laughs) you had uh, pillow shopping? (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean going down the elevator yeah it was like we were on the i don't know like the 12th floor or something and i was just standing there like hoping no one else would get in the elevator i don't know that's a long ride it was it was i don't know if anyone came in the elevator it ended up being fine um (laughs) and like i said so many people in that building had cats anyway 
So <laughs> oh, okay. it, was, it was fun. I'm yeah, imagining was, like a scene from the TV show Friends where you are like in the elevator and some random person comes in and the cat meows and then you like <laughs> cough or like make some other sound to cover it up and you're like, oh, it's just my, you know, I don't know, like, you know, something out of a sitcom that was that yeah. there's the laugh track and yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, he was definitely a sitcom cat. If sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so changing gears a little bit, something that is a uh, main part of your website, I would say, is your veganism. And mm-hmm. we find that super interesting and wanted to ask if you have any tips for vegan travelers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely. sure you have many. <laughs> we have many. Yeah. Um, but I think probably number one is to get the Happy Cow app, which it's basically mm. like, it's basically like Yelp. But mm-hmm. for vegan and vegetarian restaurants or places that have like options. So it's just such a, it's like, yeah, I think that's really our top tip because it's like you just have it in your pocket, you have your phone and you look and it shows you what's around you. And it, so it makes it like way easier. Um, and we found so many great places that way. And mm-hmm. that's a yeah, great tip. Right. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I would also add plan ahead if if eating if if eating what's convenient and also what happens to be vegan is your priority you're not going to experience the best food mm-hmm. but if you want to go to another you know uh a lot of times people argue oh if you eat vegan you're not going to experience authentic food i'm like well what do all the vegans do in those countries they don't just only exist where we're from you totally. know you go there those people open up restaurants they create food based on uh you know other traditional foods that maybe weren't vegan so we really, really insist, like, do your research, do look up mm. places, try to go to the places that you're interested in. For example, we spent a couple of years in Madrid, and if people came to visit us, there were particular places we'd take them to. Now, if you mm. want to just have smoothie bowls and, uh, I don't know, <laughs> salads, yeah, you can find places that make that. But why don't experience something that has the sensibilities and flavors and culture of the place you're visiting? So for us... We really seek those things out. And it doesn't take much planning, especially with something like Happy Cow. If you're mm-hmm. interested in trying to have vegan versions of traditional foods, you can very likely find those things. The internet is just a treasure trove. Yeah. Now there's so many people writing about it, like us, for example, or like there's so many bloggers or podcasters mm-hmm. or stuff like that that are finding these places and doing that research for you. And that's why like we write kind of guides to each city that we go to. Like these are the places awesome. that like you should prioritize because they have the best um, foods. And we actually got so like living in Madrid, so many people would just ask us like, oh my gosh, it must be so hard to be vegan in Spain. And I was like, the only reason it's hard is because Madrid is a heaven for vegans. And I don't, there's too many places to eat. It was like, it was, we were so like, it just, that drove us to like, literally we wrote a book on it. We wrote a Madrid mm-hmm. vegan guidebook because we were like, there's so much to say and there's so many uh good places to recommend and across the whole spectrum so like we're really adamant about kind of like um turning that idea on its head that veganism has to equal kind of like deprivation mm-hmm. um cuz it definitely doesn't and so we're and just um yeah like we come from it from a really like positive like we just want to show um all the great things about it. And so mm-hmm. like, I love to like post um, like food pictures or like stuff like that to just show people that like, um, it's definitely possible. And it doesn't have to be like a hard thing while you're traveling. Like Varian said, it takes it definitely takes more planning, like you can't just walk into any restaurant. But mm-hmm. I know that before um, going vegan for me personally, I would just walk into any restaurant and mm-hmm. I would have like a lot of shitty meals. <laughs> and now that like, now that I do some research, like we, right. I mean, having a bad meal is rare, but I, I, I mean, I also love to do research. So <laughs> I, I would also argue that having crappy food when you're abroad is not inherent in vegan in any way in veganism. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, if you are a person who travels and you're like, oh, I'm hungry, I didn't get breakfast, let me just eat at this tourist trap crap, <laughs> then yeah, you're going to have bad experiences. So if, yeah. if you care about food in general, it doesn't matter what you're into, you yeah. kind of have to plan ahead. And right. so we're just saying, yeah, you just got to focus your, you know, your eyes on those particular things that you want to get out of that experience. But um, 
Also, we, we travel much more slowly. So we don't feel that we got to go somewhere and then eat out every meal. Another big thing、mm-hmm. is that we eat a lot at home. So if we're somewhere for a month, eating out isn't something that we have to do for every meal. For you know? sure. And then、yeah. you can, ex- and we also think it's fun to experience what places have in grocery stores. Grocery stores are different. We're in different countries, you know?、Mm-hmm. And so that can be also be really exciting to see those different k i n d of products as well. My husband is vegan as well, and we also、oh, wow. look for vegan places when we travel. And we use Happy Cow, and it's really useful. And I did mention to him this morning who are we going to interview today. And he, sa- and he, he said that it's, it's probably also useful with your house sitting that you have a kitchen everywhere you, you travel to. So, totally. Oh, yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely. That's really cool. Yeah. That he's、um, vegan as well. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a huge thing. Um, because yeah, it enables us just more flexibility. Like if we're in a place where, um, we don't want to eat out as much、mm-hmm. or, um, it's more expensive to eat out or we, we have tried a few places and we're like, okay, these are fine, but we don't need to go out anymore. Whatever it is. Yeah. It's just so nice to have kitchen access.、Um, right. And, and of course, because it's not like an Airbnb kitchen that's like has one bent spoon.、Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, someone's <laughs> full kitchen that、yeah. has,、mm-hmm. a, you know,、um, I mean, of course it v- varies、um, per kitchen what's in there, but like people are for the most part cooking in there. And so they have everything that you're going to need. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, I know some people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know some people will be like, Oh, I don't want to kick. I mean, I don't want to cook when I'm traveling. I'm on vacation. And I would say this all goes back to traveling in alignment with your values. It's a priority for us to be able to eat really delicious vegan food and eat really well and, and stay healthy. So we make sure to travel in a way we structure our travel in that way, you know? So、mm-hmm. it's a different story if you're trying to just spend a weekend or a week somewhere and you just want to eat out wherever and just do whatever is most convenient. But that's not how we necessarily like to travel, but you can do both ways. And we show there's a spectrum and you can kind of just tailor it to your needs. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. And if you are staying somewhere for at least a month, I mean, I personally get tired of eating out all the time. Oh, <laughs>、so、yeah, completely. You, you get to、yeah. a point where you're just like, no, I really just want a home cooked meal. That sounds really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. People. Because our Instagram and our social media and our website, we talk so much about food and eating. People think we're eating out all the time. But on、mm-hmm. average, it's maybe once a week. Yeah. And, if and we're that, somewhere for longer. If we're、yeah. somewhere for shorter, it might be yeah. more. But. Yeah. But、mm-hmm. like, we're, and that includes takeout. Like, there'll be people who are like, oh, I just eat out once a week. But then they order, you know, if you, we're from New York and we just see it all the time. People, New Yorkers are just, every other day is a meal out. You just order、mm-hmm. delivery or whatever, Uber Eats, et cetera. But yeah, we actually don't, it's not something that we want to do every day. Sure. When you're in a place where you don't know the language, how, what's your experience when you're trying to、uh, find food that you can eat as a vegan? I think,、um, yeah, just kind of learning a few helpful phrases is always good.、Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what we do. Google Translate has、mm-hmm. definitely been a lifesaver in some places.、Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, that's, that's the main thing.、Uh, and even Google Translate has like a, um, like you can use the camera and like scan something. Yeah, it will translate it. Like if you're looking、Fancy. on, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. If you're like in a grocery store, or like trying to read a menu or something like that. So yeah, technology makes things、uh, a lot easier. That's so、um, good to know because recently we were talking on the podcast about translation and sort of what technology there is out there. And we were like kind of having a hard time finding like a good app that would be like a real time translator.、Mm-hmm. So this is very good to know. Yeah. Yeah, just Google Translate, which is surprising.、Awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you do need to have either Wi Fi or data yeah,、um, sure. enabled. But you can download offline packs. So if you know you're going to be somewhere、mm. for a certain amount of time, you download that language package. And that's what we've been using in a lot of places. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. That's the, awesome. Yeah, but to answer the question in terms of what do we, we'll learn a phrase specifically like, I'm sorry, I don't speak insert language. I speak English. Do you speak English? You know, we'll try to learn that so where you don't come off as rude, 
English speakers that、uh-huh. I, is all too prevalent in so many countries where you just speak English at people and hope they understand you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we try to do that, and then we'll also learn like. In that language, we'll look up the phrase.、Uh, you know, is this vegan or does this have animal products? Because sometimes they don't have a word for vegan or、mm-hmm. veganism. And, and learning like the main ingredients that like you can. A lot of times, I feel like you can pretty much tell if something has meat in it. It's like the、yeah. other ingredients, like you know, milk or eggs. So it,、mm-hmm. you know, just learning、oh, those two words, harder,、yeah. right?、Um, but just learning those two words, like, does this have?、Um, Like dairy in it, or does this have egg in it, or like whatever?、Right. So、um, those things, just having some go-to phrase phrases and vocabulary, so you can like recognize something. And because we do tend to spend longer in each place, then、um, it becomes easier as well. It's not like we have to like learn new phrases like every week, kind of thing.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, so that also guides our travel too. Like when we were living in Spain, we traveled mostly like. Throughout Spain, because we speak Spanish, so it was just easier、mm. in that respect as well、mm-hmm. um, to be.、Um, and and it, that also has led to a lot of richer experiences, just speaking with people that we wouldn't have been able to communicate with if we didn't have that language in common. So I think we、yeah. do tend to gravitate.、Um, well, I mean, we'll always go back to Spain. We love we love Spain. So.、Awesome. <laughs> Renat, I feel like you should just share your story that you shared in our last episode about China because I just think it was like you should just share it. Yeah, so my husband has been vegan, I think, for something like eight years. Eight years ago, people less knew what vegan is, especially in other countries, and so he did have a vegan passport, which is just a little book with. Explaining what vegan is in fifty languages, Whoa. and、mm-hmm. and then every, every place we would go, and we we went also to places like China and Japan and places like that. And so we just opened the book at the right page, and then it explained like that we are vegan and what vegan is, and. Things like that. It did make it a little bit complicated if he wanted to eat something vegan and I didn't, <laughs> <Yeah> . because then <laughs> he gives it to them and then it says we're vegan, blah 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 blah, and then he orders and then I want to order chicken or something. They're like super, <laughs> but, they're super confused. <laughs> yeah, but, but most of the times I, I just went along with it and <laughs> I also ate a lot of vegan food. Yeah, which I really、mm-hmm. like. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's. I didn't know. I mean, I'm guessing Sam knows. She、I、doesn't know. seem amazed by this, but I'm like, <laughs> how come I haven't heard of this? <laughs> I mean, it would be useful even in 2020 if you're somewhere and don't have internet access, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. If you're going somewhere more remote, that's going to be super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it、That's、is、awesome. helpful because it also explains the whole thing. What is because I know that even in the West, when we ask for some places, when we ask for vegan food, they they sometimes tell us something random that is not related, like. Oh yeah, it、like、contains、gluten-free. olive oil. Is that okay?、Yeah. <laughs> Or、uh, <laughs> it's gluten free.、Uh, yeah, exactly. Or glu- organic. Yeah, the gluten free. That one's the that one's the one that I feel like is most common. That or like, organic. No, I want the glutens. Give me the glutens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the like. Is olive oil okay?、Uh, are olive oils al- is are olives alive? Like, <laughs> <laughs>、oh, so sad. Yeah. yeah, and in the back of the passport. There was actually also a non-word、um, uh, explanation, which was that、wow. uh, uh, pictures of different kinds of food、uh, with an X mark on them and pictures of、uh, <laughs> other、that、foods gets with with、yeah. uh, V mark, so like、yeah. a check mark. That's awesome.、Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. We kind of have covered our questions. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? Um. No, I think we kind of like meandered through a lot of stuff, which is awesome. Cool. I, I love conversations that take that direction. Um. Okay. So, where can people find you? Yeah, just on alternativetravelers dot com. Everything is there, and. 
The Alternative Travelers podcast is our podcast, which is available wherever um, people are listening to podcasts, or they can also stream it right from our website as well. Yeah, that's the main place that people can find us. And oh, that's Alternative Travelers with one L. In mm-hmm. case there's, I know there's various spelling. There's the two L <laughs> traveler. So I was going to like add that in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then people can, um, if they're interested in house sitting, check out our book, the house sitting handbook or connect with us on social media at alternative travelers, uh, mostly active on Instagram. So that's, that's the best one to, to connect with. Very cool. cool. And we'll also put links in the show notes. Yes, definitely. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I really enjoyed our conversation with Sam and Varen. Me too. And I've been tuning into their podcast lately, and it's actually informative and fun. Just like our interview with them. Yes. So listeners, make sure to subscribe to their podcast and check out their website. Links to both of those are in the show notes. We also wanted to share a quick iTunes review that was left for the podcast. Yay. This one is from Whining About Her Story. They were our guests a couple of episodes ago and told us an exciting and intense story about Julianne Kopke and how she was the sole survivor of a plane crash. Make sure to go back and listen to the episode, but first here's their review. It says, Already hooked. Vanessa and Renat do a great job sharing stories from around the world and making you feel connected in a very isolating time. This podcast is well produced and the hosts are wonderful. Can't wait for more. Yay, they gave us five stars, and we think they're wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, it was so nice of them to leave us a review. So if you would like to leave us a review, we would be so grateful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can leave one on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, and we've included links in the show notes for those platforms. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at TicketPod and on Instagram and Facebook at That's the TicketPod. You can also drop us a line at our email. That's the ticketpod at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye.